broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Midtown Business Radio. Hello, everyone. It's C.W. Hall, your host here on Midtown Business Radio. Very happy to have you all listening and making us a part of your day today. We've got a full show, so we're going to kind of jump right in and uh, get to meeting everybody. Um, First off, I'll be joined by Raleigh Burgess of Blue Leap. Hi, thanks for having me. And we've got Laura McCarty, who's going to tell us a little bit about the Kiwanis Club of Atlanta. Hello. And uh, we brought back Mike Remy of uh, Dimensional Solutions. Hey, Charlie, nice to be here. And then later on, we'll uh, have a conversation that I had last week with Eric Jones of Jellyfish. So uh, starting with you, Raleigh, we're going to talk a little bit about Blue Leap and uh, customer experience. Take, take me through a little bit about what Blue Leap does, and, and we'll get into you know what customer experience means, because I'm just now beginning to learn about it as we got to talking about uh, your company. Sure. So customer experience is a way of improving the customer's interaction with other companies when people are calling in when they're receiving text when they're dealing with the company whether it's um, Nike or university that you're a prospect for it's what is your experience like and how engaged are you as a customer right so you know when we talk about customer experience I guess that, that's kind of one of the you know th- there's obviously a lot of different interactions or way they interface with you in person and so forth but we're typically talking when we talk about CX as they apparently like to abbreviate it on the internet when you're reading about c- customer experience that they're they're kind of talking about that how you know telephonically how how it feels to engage with them whether it's uh, the the type of automated system that someone's interacting with uh, when you call in to either get help or to learn more about a product is that that I'm on the right track we're talking as it relates to customer experience in this in this particular context it's really dealing with the the telephony and you know texting kind of capabilities maybe possibly email I don't, I'm not sure if that's part of it but but is that kind of in the right vein sure so one of the systems that we work with a lot is Oracle right now and that's a customer experience system that's used for emails but more and more companies are finding that emails are not being responded to and that the response rates are much higher if the customers are receiving a text or having a phone conversation. So we are providing Blue Leap is the only Oracle validated integrated partner solution that is providing the texting and the telephony, the voice in the cloud to the CRM system right now. And so that's one of the things that you're able to do is from what I understand, Oracle, you know, with their cloud-based systems that they have, that it gives a lot of flexibility with different ways that a company can potentially interact with the customers that are coming to them for their services and products. Is that right? The, the, you can, you know, as I interface with you and I register or give you my information, now you will be able to keep me updated. Like you, you talked about, there is a, a shoe manufacturer that that an Oracle client that is you know you have the ability to customize your shoe for example and so you can actually receive text kind of you know along the way of where your shoe is in its production it's on its way now or we just put the numbers on or we just put your name on that kind of thing it can actually get that interactive absolutely um also for a university if you had someone that was registering you could take care of them through the pipeline and say now we need this application now we need this visa now have you paid your financial you know you need to make this payment by friday Or you can do campaign texts also. So campaign emails or campaign texts would say, you know, everyone has a bill in their inbox that's due by the 30th, right? And you can also, on the cell phone, you can send out um, what's called an MMS, so a a video 
or a picture or a pretty coupon or something like that. Wow. So there, I guess, I mean, that's kind of on the cutting edge right now because I'm obviously, I'm not that I'm, you know, Mr. Business engaged with everybody out there, but I haven't really interacted much yet with companies that are quite that elegant and, and that interactive with me. But as I've this year kind of had the opportunity to learn a little bit about, you know, digital engagement, for example, and digital strategies, you know, engagement being kind of one of the big things that people are talking about now, I can see where that's kind of where the value in this kind of technology really lies is to be able to begin to differentiate yourself as a company from the other folks, maybe somebody that's operating on what you would call the premise-based hardware type um, phone offering that's got a handset and it's got a big rack of equipment in there that's very limited in what they can do with it. You're able to come in and actually take that company to be able to do just what you're talking about. It, you know, send them a text, send them some email type or even some uh, interactive type materials straight to the customer that now obviously is going to make a big impression and hopefully result in some customer loyalty or some customer attraction, they're going to evangelize to other people about that experience, I would imagine. Absolutely. There have been situations where there was a, a woman's prison that wanted to have no hardware but have a call center and use the inmates for that. And so you're able to do a cloud-based call center in less than a month and have those um, inmates be able to be serviced. Well, you know, and on that note, I mean, tell me a little bit about who who out there, you know, from the business-to-business community, who, who needs, you know, this type of technology to be a part of their business? And when we talk about call centers, who, who, who has a call center? Right. So, I mean, you think of some of the biggest call centers being Bank of America, um, Nike, Home Depot. Home Depot bought a company, Red Beacon. And if you look out on YouTube, you can see that they also did a cloud-based call center very, very quickly in less than four weeks they got it up and running using a CRM technology. And any of those companies that want to use cloud for voice and then go ahead and do some texting also, including two-way texting, which is very cutting edge. Um, and WebRTC, most people haven't heard of WebRTC, but that's also cloud and much less expensive than all the premise-based um, Genesis, Avaya, Cisco's, all those. So anybody that's uh, a company that's got some sort of a call center that's either aimed at order procurement or customer service type things, troubleshooting, that kind of customer ma- maintenance sort of relationship that they've got somebody dedicated to taking those types of phone calls coming in and out, they're, they're somebody that could potentially benefit from having this type of technology available. Is that, that what you're saying? Absolutely. I mean, some of the other right now customers are Social Security Office, um, Army, there are many. I see. So uh, I can see where, you know, it would obviously be, ad- be advantageous to, to do something li- like this, though I imagine that if I were a company that I have premise-based hardware, like we talked about, the, you know, the big, you know, uh, system that I've had for a while, it probably cost me a whole lot of money to buy and operate. Uh, to switch over to a cloud-based program like this all at once, I would assume that's probably also a big expense that uh, that might be hard to handle for some companies, but you were telling me that it's possible through interacting with you that you can actually kind of almost, if, if it may not be the right word, but a la carte in a, will, in a way to add services onto their existing system that you can then kind of over time let them build into having you know, more of a full suite of customer, customer experience technology available for their folks. Is that right? Absolutely. So the first thing they might choose would be texting. And that texting is also going out what's, used, what's called Unicode in the native language. So, for example, with our 
company, our, we work with a $1 billion company in Australia, and they are texting now to more than 80 countries and across those countries in the native language. And so they're receiving texts back for the first time, and they weren't getting through to these customers at all speaking English out of Australia. Right. Wow, that's pretty amazing. You can actually engage and broaden your global reach now because you you can send a message out. I can be sitting in English, and you're saying the recipient will actually get it in their native language. And very inexpensively. I mean, they're, they're not long-term contracts. This is by the SIP, by the drink, SaaS-based software. So it's really exciting, almost unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, that really is pretty exciting to, to think that that's possible now. And so for the folks that would, it would seem to be almost an automatic to think about it, if you're using Oracle today in your company, um, particularly if you're using the uh, the CRM software that they offer right. called Right Now, is that Oracle that, Right Now? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then they would be somebody if they're not familiar with BlueLib, they'd want to be. Absolutely. In fact, um, we'll be. There are only 13 live customers, happy, satisfied customers that are willing, to, you know, to come to Open Oracle World this year in San Francisco and speak. And one of them is ours that we're going with. So they're it's really exciting. We'll have a prominent space on stage on Wednesday. Well, that that's probably uh, going to be a little nice little get for you to have that kind of exposure, I would think. So that's congratulations great. for, for BlueLeap being able to be featured with a delighted client in that fashion. That's great. Great. Global client. <laughs> that's awesome. So we've been talking with uh, Raleigh Burgess of BlueLeap, learning a little bit about customer experience as it relates to companies and their uh, telephony and texting capabilities. Um, when when it comes to linking up with you, I mean, how do they how do customers engage with you? Do they are, are are you, you know, having someone reach out and say, hey, we're here? How do you typically let folks, you know, in that Oracle world, know about you? Sure. So um, a couple of different things. We are we have all of our Oracle certifications. A lot of people don't. So we're an Oracle Gold partner. We're an Oracle Specialized partner, which means we can also do the consulting related to this if they want help. We're a reseller and we're validated integrators. Um, they c- many of our customers come to us through their Oracle rep who comes and finds us. But of course, you can go directly to you know, www.blueleap.com. You can ask for a webinar there. You can email us you know, to have us contact you directly. And you can also just email me directly. So what what's involved? I mean, it, I guess basic, since it's cloud-based, there's really not much needed other than to turn on the switch for the most part. It sounds like it's converting over to adding these types of systems and technologies to your business already. It really doesn't involve much of any hardware. Is that correct? Absolutely. We also provide the long-term maintenance if they want to do that, which we're doing for a bunch of different cu- customers right now. And so they're already in the Oracle cloud if they're a current user or we can resell them licenses and get them up in the Oracle cloud quickly, and then they're able to start using their service. Is it, do, do, do you see people switching over to Oracle from other systems that might you know, benefit also you know, as part of a suite? Does that happen if someone's coming to Oracle from, I'm, I'm not very well versed yet in, in terms of the space, in terms of who all of their? Probably Salesforce. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, so if someone's transferring over, then I guess that at that point, they're gonna be learning a little bit about Blue Leap maybe along the way. 
Right, absolutely. That's right. Well, do you have, you know, before we jump over and start talking to some of our other guests, we're going to, you know, with a full slate today, we're going to run out of time, so we'll have to have you back to talk about some more specific um, options that you offer, because I'm sure that uh, there's a lot of companies that are going to be wanting to know a little bit more about what you do and how you can help them. Are, are there a point or two that you'd like to leave with the with the company out there that may be listening today that, uh, that you think would be good for them to know as we, you know, jump on to the next person? Especially if you're a current Oracle Right Now customer, um, we are just making people satisfied and please give us a call. The response rates are much higher with texting than emails today and so that's exciting. And then the voice is much lower price, no hardware, nor ha no handsets that are needed with your old on-premise systems. And that's also true of lots of pharmaceutical companies, doctor's offices, any offices Quite, that have quite a few offices that are making appointments and they need their customers to show up, the RSVPing, that's being done via text. We might have to have you jump over onto the Top Docs radio show at some point, too, because that's obviously one that we host that faces the medical community, and we have you know hospital systems and large physician practices um, so forth that we're interacting with, so we'd certainly be happy to in introduce them to Blue Leap and let them be able to add such cool co components to their businesses and help them move forward. How does um, somebody get to in touch with you on the internet? On the internet, um, they can come to www.blueleap.com and just go to contact us. And then from there, they can link up with you on social media. I know you're on there too. Absolutely. Okay, that's Facebook, Twitter. Well, that's great. And if someone is linked up with us through the Midtown Business Show, then certainly we'll be tied to you as well. But uh, hopefully we'll have you back sometime to be able to talk a little bit more because um, the, the technologies that you're talking about are so cool. I can't wait to uh, learn a little bit more about uh, some more specific items that you can bring to a company in ways that you can help somebody really move their business forward. So thanks for taking some time today. Thank you. Laura, um, I want to jump over and uh, welcome you here to uh, to the show. Thanks for coming on. We're going to learn a little bit about Kiwanis. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. So tell me about the Kiwanis Club. It's a, a civic club, from what I understand, um, that uh, businesses typically business executives tend to be the the folks that engage with the organization and kind of get to know each other a little bit better in the business community but then also you're doing some initiatives in the community to help uh, different groups of folks out sure the, the the club is about 200 leaders from the business education no civic and um, also nonprofit communities um, we come together weekly for a lunch meeting and we learn together. Um, we also, as you mentioned, are involved with a lot of service projects. Kiwanis International's focus is serving the children of the world and our club is, is very involved with that through the Boys and Girls Club of Metro Atlanta, Cool Girls, just a whole variety of organizations. I noticed that the club's motto is learn, serve, and connect and, and you know, kind of tie that in for me how, how you inter, implement that as part of what you do every day in some ways civic school civic clubs are kind of the old school business to business networking opportunity and so Kiwanis is an example of that um, internationally they're they're celebrating their 100th anniversary next year and our club is the oldest uh, Kiwanis in Georgia and so the, the ways in which um, we uh, we accomplish the mission. You know, obviously the meetings feature speakers from across the business um, and political, educational arena, nonprofit arena. So we're always having opportunities to learn something that's important in the community. Um, we have hands-on service projects like reading to children at Dean Rusk Head Start. 
or greeting troops at the airport. And and the connection is, you know, the basis is of of friendships and relationships that we form through just our interactions together. You mentioned a couple of the initiatives that you have in the community. Can you talk a little bit about some of the goals of of, and who those are affecting? Well, the club has a a long relationship with Dean Rusk Head Start, which is over um, in the um, um, southwest portion of the city. It's It's one of Atlanta's largest Head Start centers, probably several hundred students. Uh, twice a month club members go in and read in each of those classrooms Um, we also have provided opportunities for those children to participate in something called the first foundation for childhood literacy which gives books into those homes every month so that the children can build their own libraries which which also you know has shown educational outcomes over time kids that read together you know when they get in school they're better prepared and so we're a part of that that's great. Uh, you know, I, I I have a lot of respect for the, you know the folks that give their time like that because you know obviously I presume most of the people that are interacting as members with Kiwanis are business executives or business people, and so they've got a pretty busy slate you know throughout the week, and yet they're able to find and make time to come and contribute to these sure, organizations. Sure, you know there are opportunities to serve um, outside of the you know traditional work day. Um, we work with the Boys and Girls Club just annually on an event called the Cultural Challenge that's actually coming up in early October, and that brings Boys and Girls Clubs from all across Metro Atlanta uh, together. They've studied about countries of the world. They present skits and um, displays that you know demonstrate their learning so that so that's a kind of another kind of way but yes the Kiwanis members are, are very busy but we know that it's important to you know be involved in the community we've been talking with Laura McCarty learning a little bit about the Kiwanis Club of Atlanta and so if you know obviously our show we face and feature uh, companies in the business to business space is there a kind of a particular group or industry that that tends to interact with Kiwanis or is it if you're in business we want you to be a part of our com- our, our organization. Well, we have we have people that are in accounting. We have people that are lawyers. We have people that are in banking. Uh, we have people that are in IT businesses. Uh, we have small business people. We have a couple of jewelry uh, ju- jewelry store owners and also consultants in that arena. Um, as I mentioned, some people are tied into our educational organizations around Georgia or our nonprofits. So it's a pretty wide spectrum, and you know we welcome. Uh, people that are interested to you know look at our website kiwanisatlanta.org see who the upcoming speakers are and you know come and join us and check it out it's a great group of people well it sounds like there's some really good reasons you know business being one obviously um you know when we're talking to business leaders right now about uh, potentially being a member of an organization like that it sounds like they're going to have the opportunity as they come together in your regular meetings to sit across the table and get to know people that you know while we're working on this great initiative together we actually get to know and meet people that could help us move our own businesses forward definitely so i, th- I mean people probably form relationships that you know connect their with their business practices as well as their service club memberships. Before we got started, we talked about something called the Eliminate Project. Can you tell me a little bit about that? The Eliminate Project is a Kiwanis International uh, initiative working with UNICEF, and it is raising funds to, as as the name implies, eliminate a disease called maternal and neonatal tetanus, which is a disease that is is very bad, uh, has to do with poor sanitation conditions, and when children are born and their mothers have this um, 
this um, exposure to this bacteria or this, this virus, then the children, you know, it's a, it's a very bad suffering. But it can be prevented with a vaccination, which is like less than a dollar a mom. And so Kiwanis mm -hmm. is raising 110 million, you know, worldwide across, across Kiwanis clubs to eliminate that. They've um, already uh, wiped it out in a few countries that, you know, had previously had it. And um, our club is committed to 150,000 over five years. So, so our club is, is one of the Georgia clubs, you know, kind of leading the effort in this area. Well, that's that's a great project to be a part of, I'm sure, and and I'll I'll certainly be pleased to be you know helping get awareness about that to, uh, over time as we you know interface going forward. I'll certainly be uh, sharing information through our social media and through the website as well. Um, if if I'm if I'm a business person listening today, uh, you know a point or two that you might you know say to me why you know from your perspective why do I want to be a member today before we talk a little bit about the, the Georgia Humanities Council which you're also involved with. Sure. Well, I got involved in Kiwanis through an invitation from one of our board members, and you know she she was saying you know obviously with Georgia Humanities Council I get to work with all kinds of people, but but with um, Kiwanis, it was a way to really get to know people, leaders in the Atlanta area. Um, my organization has kind of a statewide focus, and so this would give me a way to, you know, interact and get give back mm -hmm. in the place where I work. And, well, it, and, and it meets across the street from where my office is, so that's convenient. Too, so. <laughs> How does someone join the, the organization if they want to become a member of Kiwanis? Um, well, uh, like I said, we welcome you to come and visit us. And we, I mean, we have an application process that, that's not too heinous. I mean, it's not like blackballing in the old days or anything. <laughs> but That's a good. Uh, basically, you know, we'd, we'd welcome you to, you know, welcome anyone to come and, you know, visit us and, and check it out. So. All right, and so the the website for Kiwanis of Atlanta is the, is just that www.kiwanisatlanta.org. Yes. Right, and and do you? I'm pretty sure you're on Twitter. Yes. I think I've linked up with you there as well. Facebook. We've yep. been putting up pictures of all our speakers. <laughs> That's awesome. We'll make sure that we link up with you there as well. So tell me a little about the Georgia Humanities Council. The Georgia Humanities Council is a statewide organization working with schools, libraries, museums, historical societies. Uh, if you were at the Decatur Book Festival on Labor Day weekend, we were o over there. Um, we're affiliated with the National Endowment for the Humanities, and we're partly a grant-making organization, but... Um, we also created a thing called the New Georgia Encyclopedia, which is georgiaencyclopedia.org, which if you're going to visit a community and wanting to know a little bit about its history, it's a great resource to use. Um, I was going to say my boss, Jamil Zinaldine, uh, is a columnist in the Supporter Report, which is which is in the you know, business and thought leader community. And so that's an, an, you know another way to learn about Georgia Humanities Council. Well, that's great. I, I appreciate uh, you also taking some time out of your day, Laura, to come and let us know a little bit about Kiwanis Club, and hopefully we'll be interfacing with you uh, uh, on both fronts as Certainly. we go forward. So thanks again for Thank making you. some time. Um, I'll jump over and, and chat with uh, our next guest from Dimensional Solutions. We've got Mike Remy. Hey, Charlie. Nice to be here. Yeah, so we, we, we met not too awful long ago, and uh, we were learning about the fact that you, in, in Dimensional Solutions, you're providing outsourced IT services to the small to mid-sized businesses. That's correct, yeah. And um, and basically the way you approach your service, it's one that is somewhat, it's, it's like a, a subscription kind of engagement. I can link up with you as long as I need you, and then I can actually choose 
the level of service. I don't have to be like all in. I've got to do all of this. And so that's the way that you're actually able to strategically help me as a business save cost, get down to where it's actual variable cost, which is great, mm-hmm. instead of a fixed cost. Is, am I That's on the right track? Yep. Okay. And, and and something that you talked to, to me about today is coming in and that I thought would be good to talk about was uh, the whole BYOD. Mm-hmm. Not BYOB, unfortunately. But uh, if I bring my own device, what does that mean for you? So basically what it means is an organization where you go out and, again, you're trying to cut costs and you're hiring content professionals or experts that are knowledgeable in the area that you want them to, to provide a service with you. So you're expecting them to show up with resources ready to go hit the ground running as opposed to you providing them the technology that they need to do the service for you. So they're bringing their own laptops, uh, Surface tablets, uh, smartphones, whatever they need to do their, their jobs and their functions. So what happens is is that uh, when they bring their own device, there are certain requirements and security procedures you have to take into consideration when you support the device. So your internal support organizations, if you have one, has to go out and look at the device and say, first of all, does it meet the criteria? Is it up to speed with our internal technologies? Does it have security procedures, virus protections, all these things? Because when you get them onto your network and you put your resources on there, that's a hole or a risk to your organization. So you have to accept that risk and either manage it or say it's the cost of doing business or basically say we need to provide you with a resource. So how do you, you know, how do you provide, you know, what are you going to do for them whenever they're inter- interacting with that? You're able to actually make sure that all those security holes are covered and and uh, minimize their risk, I would imagine, of their exposure for interfacing with those kind of foreign devices, if you will. So that's that's correct. So what we'll do is we'll carve out a little space that's particular to that project or your company and then manage that and also help them manage the other side if they fall too far behind the security curve or the, or, or the risk assessment. So then we'll come in and say, okay, you need to update this OS, or you need to put these applications in place. And then we'll carve out a little uh, private area of that side of it that we need for the project going forward. And then we'll manage that side of it. So we'll push out content like either training materials or applications or uh, proprietary information that's unique to that project in that one little area. And that's there and we manage it during the engagement for the uh, hired consultant. And then after post-engagement, we'll go through and say, okay, how long are we going to be engaged with this consultant or the project's done and you know, everybody goes their separate ways. And then at that point, we extract that area that we've been managing up to this point and they have their device and they can go on to their next project. I would imagine that that's, that's a service that's probably on the rise in terms of the bring your own device kind of uh, scenario. Because from what I understand, you know, as we talk a little bit more about, you know, digital media, digital solutions for branding uh, awareness, you know, more and more people are starting to look for content experts to come in and actually provide it. Because I know from my own experience through the medical practice that I'm a part of, in terms of doing blog content, doing things like, you know, website, you know, content updates, which you really need to be doing if you want your website to be relevant. Um, more and more companies out there are interfacing with companies like this, I would presume, and you're probably seeing a whole lot of them. From what I understand, even in the medical community, you're running into a lot of that. That's correct. So think about the cost savings as a business owner, right? So you are asked to maintain a hardware side and a software side of your technology. So and that usually refreshes anywhere for one to three years, depending on uh, your financial commitment. So you're out buying hardware at you know $500 to $1,000 per device, and then you're also managing the software. So think about it here where you're not actually doing capital expenditures for the hardware and software side of it and actually can go out and hire you to do your services. I don't have to worry about that 
cash outlay for those de- those devices and those resources. I can come to you and pay you X amount for the project, and you bring your own device, your own software, or you manage it, maintain it during the engagement with me. So I don't have this huge cash outlay that I have to amortize over three years, and then what do I do when it's gone? Do I recycle it or do I upgrade? So it's a whole cost savings from the operational side that you don't have to, to maintain as a business owner. I think that that's a key piece of information to, to know. I, I believe that it'd be easy to overlook the fact that, mm-hmm. that, um, that there's some, some real costs that that are going to come with that type of interaction that uh, that may be used to forget about it, whether it's licensing for software or you know hardware at acquisition or maintenance things like that that uh, more than just your friend down the street that's covering your IT needs for you or or you know a small mom and pop shop that's you know able to keep your computers running um, that there's some real you know expense that's associated with that that if you're linking up with experts like that you're going to find with dimensional solutions that you can actually realize a real return on investment through linking up with a company like you we can actually yes I'm I'm engaging an outside company but I'm actually saving money in the end. That's right. And typically for a small, medium-sized company, you're only going to have like one or two guys that support in your entire organization. Whereas if you look at an organization like Dimensional Solutions, you're actually getting a team of experts that can have 5, 10, 20 years experience that are typically very expensive resources, but you're not paying that high-dollar cost. You're getting all the benefits and the advantages of having that full entire team to support you, but you're only paying as if you're one or two guys, internal guys. Wow, that's, I mean, you know, it's one of those no-brainers. It's the whole situation. And and so many of the companies that we interface with here on our show come from that kind of situation where you sit around the table and you're like, man, if I could only just meet these people uh, and have a conversation about what we do, it just everything from there just makes total sense. It's automatic that, uh, that they would engage with a, a group that's doing what you're doing. So how do they interface with you? I know you're, you're, you're on the Internet as well. That's right. We have a website, uh, which is www.dimensionalsolutions.com. It's solutions with an S. Uh, we have a Twitter account. We usually tweet about the latest technology to most of our subscribers and followers. I uh, have a Facebook page. We do LinkedIn, and we also do Google+. Well, you know, we can certainly recommend, We, you know, I got to know you through, you know, somebody that I know very well, and, and, uh, and, and I was pleased to have the introduction because, you know, that's what we're here to do is to link our, our business community up with folks that they can trust, that they know that if they, you know, do engage with you, that in the end their business is going to move forward, whether it's through a service that makes it you know, a little bit more efficient or one that in this case makes it both safer from a, a – the perspective of security risks and things like that and compliance if you're in the healthcare industry or dealing with sensitive information, uh, obviously it would make sense to link up with you and, and uh, have a sit down. And so when they, when they get to know Dimensional Solutions, they call you up and they say, hey, we've got you know, this type of system in our, in our office. Is there a, what's the process like? Is there a, like a free consultation or is there a limited expense consultation? How does it, how's it work? Yeah, typically it works a couple different ways. One, you realize you have a need and your internal guy is not meeting that need where you're having deficiencies in lots of, lots of areas, your users your staff is saying, hey, why is this always broke? Why can't I print? You know, those, those typical kind of headaches every day. And the other one is just like, hey, can we be doing things better? And we realize we need help. How can you help us out? So we come in and do a, an assessment, a free audit, and we say, okay, this is where you are. This is where you want to go. And these are the priorities that we recommend. And this is what the cash outlay would be for that. And then uh, obviously a project plan for each phase of it. Uh, and uh, that's one aspect. The other is you just bring us in for per project. If you have a large migration or if you want to move all of your internal assets up into the cloud, 
I bring guys in that can help relocate all that where you don't want any technology at all on your properties. Those are the types of projects, one-time engagements that usually lead into larger projects. Um, so, so the company actually has the ability to use you to the extent they need, whether it's an ongoing, mm -hmm. you know, month to month, obviously that can turn into years long relationship or, you know, more of a project based situation like you're talking about. Yep. Just, you know, we come in, we help you, then we're here if you need us. Well, that's what we hope. We hope that all of our engagements turn into years as opposed to a break fix. We tend to think longer term. And when we set up relationships, it's all about being a partnership as opposed to come in. I mean, anybody can come in and fix it. But to take the time to learn about your business and become a valued partner and a value add, that's what we're all about. That's what the differentiator, the differentiator is for us as to you know, most of your break and fix guys. Well, we've been talking with Michael Remy of Dimensional Solutions. And before we jump over and talk to Eric Jones from Jellyfish, is there a last thought or two that you might want to leave the, the businesses out there listening today with? Yeah, would love to uh, sit down and talk with business owners and see if we can, you know, help you out, do things a little better, you know, provide new technologies and new areas that you haven't thought of in the past that, you know, may be a benefit of you, a benefit for your company. Well, thank you again, Mike, for coming out today and uh, talking to us a little bit about the the bring your own device type situation. We'll certainly be looking at uh, uh, the medical companies that we interface with through the Top Docs Radio Show in case there's some opportunities there to introduce you to folks on that side of things. And uh, you know, we we last last week we caught up with uh, Eric Jones from Jellyfish. We'll jump over and let you hear a little bit about uh, digital strategy. I'm joined now by Eric Jones, the Vice President of Client Strategy for Jellyfish. They're an international um, uh, digital marketing company, and uh, digital marketing and strategy is something that uh, we've been learning a little bit about here recently in our own business activities, um, trying to differentiate that a little bit between uh, traditional marketing uh, channels that many people would be aware of through like over-the-air uh, television and radio, um, we're finding that uh, a smarter uh, strategy might be to link up with an expert in the digital media side of things, uh, SEO and uh, SEM type strategies. And so I'm very pleased to have Eric sit here with us for a few minutes to tell us a little bit about Jellyfish their organization and how they fit into uh, a company that's trying to grow and increase their brand awareness. So thanks again for uh, jumping on with us here, Eric. Absolutely. Glad to be here. Thank you. So tell me a little bit about Jellyfish. Absolutely. Jellyfish is, as you said, a, a global digital agency. Uh, we focus uh, primarily on uh, online, online lead gen, uh, really making sure that we're optimizing your digital channels. So as you mentioned, uh, paid search, uh, organic search, uh, other channels such as display marketing, uh, email, uh, website optimization, making sure that everything that you have out there on the web that's trying to drive business to your website and ultimately to convert into sales is working uh, optimally. And, uh, and we do that for uh, global organizations here in the United States, but also uh, throughout the rest of the world. That's right. And, you know, tell, tell the listener a little bit about the difference between what you get when it comes to digital marketing versus, you know, putting an ad on the, na on the network, a television or, or radio? Absolutely. So when you, when you put an ad on a network television or radio or, or print even still, we consider traditional channels, you, you lack a, a level of, um, of ability to sort of track it, right? You, you lack that ability to sort of say, okay, I put 
$10,000 out there in the last month, and I'm not really sure what I got for it. I, I think my phone rang maybe a couple more times, but yep. I can't attribute that directly to the person that saw the TV ad unless they actually said, hey, I saw you on TV, which is great, but that often gets lost in translation from the person who answers the phone to the person who ultimately makes the sale. Uh, so you lose a lot of that, that trackability, where in a digital sense, everything's trackable. So I know exactly uh, down to the keyword uh, that was placed in a, in a paid search or an organic search fashion, all the way through to what they converted on, how they converted, what they're interested in, and so there's a level of accountability there. I can I can easily scale that solution, so I get the opportunity to look at what's working and what's not working pretty rapidly, and ultimately make wiser, smarter, faster um, marketing decisions through utilization of digital over traditional. You know, before we went on the air, we're talking a little bit about, you know, when to think about uh, the types of marketing, you know, digital versus, say, some traditional media. And I, I know that uh, traditional over-the-air marketing efforts obviously have a place, for, you know, particularly for certain, you know, industry verticals. But for, you know, a company that's really trying to expand brand awareness, just like you were talking about, uh, starting with a digital strategy might make more sense than going for those giant dollars you can spend and really just make cast into the wind, which was the experience for uh, the company that I'm a part of. We had a very large spend to put some 30-second spots on television on a very busy network here in the Atlanta area. And, uh, you know, just like you talked about, we got a smattering of phone calls uh, that were related to that. We actually had those routed to a specific phone so we would know exactly what came from that uh, advertising effort. But even then, it was paltry uh, when you consider the, the spend that we had. We were wishing in hindsight that we'd actually started with somebody like a jellyfish that we could get very strategic, very specific, and be positioning ourselves in front of the person that's looking for the content I'm trying to put out there. Absolutely. So in a lot of cases, and, and specifically for your product, you know, that's not a decision that people just sort of make without a lot of research. And so it really depends in a lot of cases um, the, the sales cycle uh, in which someone might go through to find you or the research methodology that they're going to use. And obviously with the, with the Internet, everyone's going online these days to research new cars or houses or trips or, or even, uh, you know, a blender. Um, I myself went online and sort of compared blenders before I ended up <laughs> going to the store and buying one. Right. Um, and so ultimately, you know, the, the, the ability to sort of step in slowly uh, with digital is actually one of the benefits to it. So you don't need a lot of money to get started in, in paid search. Um, you, can, you can start very narrow. You can actually just start typing or start purchasing your own brand names to make sure that they have the right experience if they're finding you specifically if they're searching for you, which is often uh, a great way to start. Uh, and then it goes from there. Obviously, in, in radio buys or television buys, there are some sharper minimums, right? You said you spent $10,000, uh, and uh, you know that's because there's probably always a minimum to get into the market. And for $10,000 in, in paid search uh, opportunities, you know, the, the sky's the limit in some cases, depending on how many people are searching on given terms in any given day, week, month, uh, time frame. Mm -hmm. And so, again, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of opportunity to start small and really make sure that whatever you're investing in it um, is actually proving off. There's actually studies um, done also that um, being in, in, or in search, right, so if you put a keyword out there, if you're bidding on a keyword, actually does help brand. Uh, and so if you don't show up, so someone types in, um, you know, surgery or they type in a type of car and your company doesn't show up, then you're not actually considered uh, as being um, uh, reliable or actually being um, 
an opportunity for them to, to buy from. They say, oh, you're not, you're not showing up on search, so why would I even think about considering you to purchase from you? And so they've done studies, um, you know, a number of studies have been done about with regard to paid search opportunities helping with brand lift. Uh, and so that's a pretty popular idea these days. Mm -hmm. We've been talking with Eric Jones of Jellyfish, the global digital marketing agency. And I know that, uh, you know, you can obviously go on to Google and do Google AdWords, for example. I can turn myself into a, a digital marketing agent and do it on my own. Uh, why might it might make more sense if I'm going to spend time and, and money? Uh, should I do it with somebody that has the expertise that you have with Jellyfish? Absolutely. It comes with, with expertise and focus and, and a lot of history. And so uh, here at Jellyfish, uh, we have about 35, um, actually uh, 38 people that are dedicated just to paid search. And because there's a lot of nuances in um, specifically what you do inside of paid search, there's things like negative, negative mining to make sure you're not showing up for um, free, right, free keywords, or make sure that you're showing up for uh, terms that are specifically what you do in the business. There's um, ad copy optimization. There's, um, mm -hmm. you know, Google, Google looks at you as a, um, as, a, as, a, as a product, right, and so they say, oh, we want the best possible experience from the keyword you're putting in to the ad copy to the landing page, and we know all of those um, certain things that Google looks for. And so you, you get that through time, through history, through experience. And so I'm not saying someone couldn't, couldn't do it on their own, certainly, but the learning curve could be very steep and it could be costly in the mm -hmm. end. Yeah, and, and I think that that's the point that I was, you know, hoping to illustrate, you know, because I can, I can say from my own personal experience, we went down that path and, and uh, in, in, in our engagement with the, the local media station that we were working with on the, you know, the traditional side, you know, they, they then, you know, ultimately brought in, you know, the discussions about digital marketing. Um, and I mentioned the fact that I had, you know, at least engaged in a, in a brief effort at uh, pay-per-click Google AdWords kind of endeavors, and they, they, they mentioned that there can be a lot of uh, churn in that particular set of folks who go in, they try to set up their own type of uh, ad campaign, and then they quickly pull it down because they're they're certainly spending money, but uh, not seeing it convert to any kind of, uh, you know, transaction on the other end. And it just kind of feels like the money's flowing off into space. So I, I feel like, um, you know, linking up with experts such as yourself at Jellyfish that that if you're going to invest money in digital marketing, and I certainly encourage our listeners to look at that facet if they haven't done so already, um, to do so with an expert such as yourself, because you're not just pay per click. It, it does other. Th you, you do other things, you know, like uh, you know, display type content. Is that correct? Where if I navigate to a particular site that has a certain type of content, I might see uh, maybe some animation or something like that. That's not just a pay per click pass through. There's other types of marketing in this field. Yeah, absolutely. So anything within the digital digital space, uh, Jellyfish ultimately can help you with. And again, like you had mentioned, the display. So that's pretty popular. That, that's really what we consider starts to get into more of the upper funnel. So if you think about the sale, the traditional sales funnel, you know how far, how early in the process people are doing research. They're not really researching you. They're researching a process or researching a lot of different options. And so you want to show up on those sites that they're digesting content on. That's typically best served for display. Um, you know, Google Display Network is, is available, plus many other uh, you know, sites. If you want to show up on Huffington Post, you can do that. You can be there. If you want to show up on Yahoo, you can be there. You know, there's a lot of opportunities for that. Um, and then ultimately, obviously, there's organic search, which is really sort of, sort of free-esque, right? You know, the, the challenge with it being free is that everyone <laughs> believes they can do it. And so yeah. organic search optimization is, um, is actually quite a, a heavy battleground uh, online because 
you know, that's where everyone uh, is trying to publish content or trying to be ranking in the number one through number 10 position where you, you've seen higher click-through rates than if you get into the number 11 through 20. And again, that's about the content, but it's about understanding the keywords that people are looking at and not just putting out, um, you know, just content on anything and everything. Uh, Google has some very specific rules. Uh, they call them the 100 signals uh, that they look at that they sort of say, okay, you, you're you're ranking for this keyword because you've done these 100 specific things, includes a combination of technology and content and imagery and all kinds of different things that, that you know, you can really run a run awry of Google, and that's really not where you want to be. And so again, <laughs> Jellyfish, you know, looks at optimi optimizing all of those for you uh, in a complete set to make sure that you are out there in a in a holistic digital fashion. I know that uh, Jellyfish, the, the digital marketing agency that we're talking to with Eric Jones, I know that you've worked with a number of companies that people have probably heard about, Fidelity, Carfax, Pfizer, <laughs> to, to name a couple, and, and you've worked with a number of different uh, industries, but is there is there uh, kind of a perfect customer, or is, can you help just about anybody at any spend level, or do you have kind of a perfect set of, of you know, kind of a, a, a client that uh, that makes the most sense to link up with Jellyfish, or is it... You know, just about anybody that's looking to increase their brand awareness, they might benefit from a relationship with a company such as Jellyfish. Well, I think any company that's looking to um, to optimize their online marketing spend could benefit from Jellyfish, whether or not we work with you directly or we do have training programs where we uh, we train a lot of individuals to do kind of what we do so that they're smarter at least, uh, depending on the size of their budget, if they've got internal teams. Uh, as you, you mentioned, a couple that we do work with there, which are pretty enterprise brands. But we do certainly have uh, smaller brands that we work with, and then obviously much larger brands than that as well. And so it really does run the gamut. Uh, I really encourage anybody that's, that's out there looking um, and has questions, go on our, on our website, jellyfish.net. Uh, and read through our blog and see if there's information there that, that might be helpful as a research phase. And then ultimately, don't hesitate. Reach out and contact us. We, we'd be glad to at least have a conversation with everybody that's looking to, um, to optimize their online and digital marketing. Yeah, I cruised around through the website, and there definitely is some excellent uh, information out there. And I noticed that, uh, that obviously, as one would, would expect, you're uh, present on most of the social media outlets. Can you talk a little bit about where they can find you uh, if they're listening right now and want to link up with you uh, in social media? Uh, absolutely. So again, on, on um, jellyfish.net, you can find all of our social channels. We're on LinkedIn, uh, you know, published there pretty regularly. Uh, Facebook, certainly, and, and Twitter. Uh, and as I said, we post on our blog uh, very regularly uh, because it's kind of an ever-constantly changing uh, medium and format, and we certainly need to, to stay up on what's happening. Well, I know that you're up against a time schedule, Eric. Um, do you have a point or two that you'd like to leave the listener with that uh, they might be able to uh, put in their bank and, and use later on uh, before we have to go? Uh, absolutely. I, I really do believe that um, that digital is something that, that everyone needs to think about, but they need to think about it in a very um, smart fashion. And I think uh, what people get into the mindset of is that digital is so easy and so fast and so cheap, and it certainly can be those those things. Um, but in that case, if you if you lose all those things, it may not be done right. And so I really want you to make sure that you're thinking about how how your consumers or how your the people that are buying from you are using the web. Uh, to ultimately research your product, to ultimately contact you, to ultimately find out more about your competitors, 
and in some cases looking at your competitors and seeing what they're showing up for. All those things are, are important steps to take uh, before jumping in. But then ultimately, like I said, digital is very cost effective. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's done uh, right, if it's done slowly and, and sort of in a methodical fashion, and I, we certainly would recommend it, and we certainly would recommend anybody looking at it as, a, as an opportunity to expand their marketing with some real impact to their bottom line. Well, I'm really tickled to have had a chance to sit down with you for a few minutes. And you know, one of the things that we do here with uh, our radio show is help the business-to-business community. We know that just about everybody that comes through our studio to talk about what they're doing uh, is in the place where they would like to expand their brand marketing. And through our own experience, you know, outside of the show, we certainly know that you can spend a whole lot of money uh, and not get a lot of return on that investment. So to be able to link them up with a resource like yourselves there at uh, Jellyfish, we're, we're pleased to be able to do that. And uh, just want to say thanks again for taking time out of your busy day to uh, share this good information with us. And uh, hopefully we'll have you or maybe one of your other experts back on the show at some point in the near future. Absolutely. Happy to do it. And don't hesitate. We're, we're glad to help out. Well, Thank thanks, thanks again so much, and uh, we'll be in touch with you again real soon. That was Eric Jones talking to us from Jellyfish, the global digital marketing strategy company. Link up with them on the web uh, and on social media and get the word out about your brand. We'll talk to you real soon. And I want to say also to our guests who took the time out to join us here in studio today, uh, Laura McCarty from uh, Kiwanis Club of Atlanta. Thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. Mike Remy, of course, coming back with uh, Dimensional Solutions. We'll look forward to talking to you some more about uh, IT issues. Thanks for coming out. Thanks so much for having us back out. And last but not least, thanks for coming out and joining us today, Raleigh, and telling us a little bit about Blue Leap. And I'm looking forward to digging a little bit deeper into the the Oracle realm and how Blue Leap and your your telephony solutions can actually help a, a business move what they're trying to do forward, too. So thanks again for taking time out of your busy day as well. Thanks, CW. Thanks for having me. And so if anybody out there, and uh, our guests included, can think of a good business-to-business company that needs some exposure in the media, please, we want to know about them. We want to bring them in and uh, help them get the word out of what they do so we can link them up with the companies that need their help. Thanks for making Midtown Business Radio a part of your day today. We'll certainly look forward to seeing you all back same time, same place next week. See you then.